Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about contributing to consciousness. And what would you do? What, do you, what are you already doing? Well, we had, uh, our object is to set our audience very, 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 very free. And so, since most of us believe that the amount of freedom you have is somehow related to a dollar amount you are associated with, in other words, the more money you have, the freer you are, which is not actually true, although it's a common misconception nonetheless. So we were saying, well, let's say you suddenly um, became heir to many, many million dollars. What would you do? What would you do in your life? And I believe most people would at first decide to take a wonderful vacation and then, you know, but there would be a point, since the money would be unending, there would be a point where either you would um, put your shoulder to it about getting the world to be a more conscious place, or you would simply indulge until the end of the, the incarnation. Uh, and well, I can see the, the rationalization. But the real question is then if you suddenly had uh, a huge supply of wealth, what is it that you would do to create a greater consciousness here on Earth? Because uh, the way the money works, it creates a lower consciousness. It really does. Well, through the 90s, and it's interesting because the answer to that question is probably different at different times in your life, too. Uh, back in the 90s, I had wished to buy a piece of land and set up like a place where people can come camp and you know dig a well one year and the next year uh, put a concrete slab and then a pavilion type thing and then close that in and it's a place where people can go and camp and just be. Uh, then I, over the years I saw that there were so many, many people that were also dreaming of creating such things that um, I don't know, it just kind of changes for me all the time. Yeah. Well, we'd be very curious to hear what our audience has to say on the subject of what would be done if there was an infinite supply of resource, what method by which you would assist the rest of us? How would that work? You know, the, very obviously the people who are starving, we would feed them because if you're starving, you're very distracted by the starving and, you know, well, things like that. But what would you do? Yeah. Well, you know, I, th I think it's an interesting topic that you've come up with um, and all that. I, I, I do. I, I personally feel that what you can do doesn't even have to reflect any money at all, but I understand what you're saying about, like, what would you do if you could buy, you know, a big piece of yeah, property that, you, that you could help people, that yeah. you were completely free, but uh, like, um, you know, I, I, we, what we do, you know, do, doing the TV show, radio shows, spreading consciousness mm -hmm. is a good thing to do. Uh, yeah, as well. we say, instead of teaching people what to think, we teach people how to think. Mm -hmm. That's easy, a much better thing to do. Yeah, and the best that we, well, FPA, which is where we're broadcasting from, in case this was unknown, is uh, the, one of the only non-money paradigms that I'm aware of that exists. We, uh, everything here is voluntary. 
Uh, we are not allowed to pay the crew or anything like that. There's no money really, uh, annual dues, which are nominal. We pay for tapes and yeah, um, then little accessories. pay for all the internet stuff that I do. Yeah, um, but nonetheless, it's not running on a money paradigm, which is the way virtually the rest of the world, which is how we have been able to produce uh, untold numbers, we'll be telling the numbers later, untold numbers of shows all based on assisting you to become more conscious. That's the uh, particular focus of our show, period. Um, week after week, year after year, we bring the latest ideas that either one of us has ever come by that uh, allows us to assume a greater awareness of uh, our, ourselves and the self's relationship to the planet and how, and we're wondering how our audience would, um, you know, what ideas do you have that would assist people to become more conscious? The world has been run far too long on the greed paradigm, far too long on the secrecy paradigm. These things are not real. There's, the secret is one of the funniest words there is and the only quote I have for it is, Roger Rabbit on um, uh, whatever the name of that was. I think it was Roger Rabbit. And uh, uh, he said the truth would be revealed when it is most comically peaked. So, you know, when it will get the biggest laughs. So we'll see if we can get some laughs with um, all of these conspiracy theories because they are really quite funny and the world is not really being run by humans anymore. It was at one point, but not now. Well, I'd like to, you know, while you're waiting, or well, yeah. people calling in to answer your question about it's that. It's quite a question. I, I'd like to expand it, if that's okay. Please. And, and bring it, it to a larger thing. Because mm -hmm. every time we choose to heal an aspect of ourselves that has been unhealed, mm -hmm. that we are updating the database, so to speak, so that the next time someone is looking to heal that, they can tap into your experience and your wisdom in that database, even if you never talk to another living soul, you're, you are helping consciousness. Every time you decide to explore something deeper rather than just seeing the world as doing it to you mm -hmm. and you look for your role in it, you are spreading consciousness. And that led me to start thinking also uh, about how times are different now. Like I've said that cartoon before, it was like a comic where it showed a bunch of people in the lower floor of a building with phones that led up to these priests. And these priests had a phone leading up to God or whatever. And then it had the guy outside with his cell phone talking directly to God. This really is a time where the religious middleman in a way has been cut out. And we've all feel that it's okay to speak directly to the divine, whatever you view that as. And it makes for some interesting times because we don't really have any kind of structure for that. So everybody is fumbling through. And I recognize by doing this so many years, and um, I, I have this written out, I was gonna put into an article or a chapter of a book about the stages that we go through. And one of them really is the stage where we feel so compelled to go out and teach everyone. I watch pretty much everybody go through that you know, where opening up the center, the healing center, building the pyramid, whatever that is. And it's such a wonderfully full experience and fill. And I think even people that go through it in the Christian belief system or the Muslim belief system, whatever, 
whatever we call political, uh, uh, I'm sorry, religious um, fervor, oh, yeah. <laughs> is that thing where we feel like we wish to take this beauty of this endlessness that we're discovering with our, in ourselves and spread it around to other people. And that is a stage we go through where we learn a lot, where we learn a lot, that we learn that we have to also take care of ourselves. When I first started doing this, I had a very small sum in my 401k and it all got put into funding the show and starting the show at the other place and the crew and then I was left with zero money uh, at the end of that and so I think we go through a phase where we're looking to help and contribute to consciousness but doing it in a way that's not harming ourselves either you know well that is the point and this yeah. movement forward and you're right it's cyclic depending on what point in the cycle we're in and um, it's time the new cycle begins because uh, this uh, awareness we've been talking about, what we've done all these years, is whatever the latest technique of making us more conscious is, we've been forthcoming with it. And it's an important thing to do. Could I, could I just sure, amend right when you said the, um, the latest technique? Okay. Because I think some of our latest techniques are ancient techniques that have been proven to work. Yeah. Okay, so I just yeah, wanted to say that too. The latest that we're aware of, yeah, because uh, um, we spoke the other show about um, the drilling the hole in the skull and the, the skulls they found of ancient civilizations. Where trepanation, is that what it's trepanation, called? Trepanation, yeah. Uh, is actually a technique of massive consciousness infusion. Um, and the Yikes. bullet Yeah, and the <laughs> bullet hole in my head, I woke up in the hospital seeing people in past lives. It really makes sense. But before you do trepanation at home with an electric drill, or even a chisel. Or a bullet. <laughs> or, yeah, a bullet won't be necessary. Because then you have to get the bullet out, so you just want a, a little piece of the skull so the universe can get in there. We seem to be sealed off. But to return to point, what would you do if you had unlimited resources? How is it you personally would awaken mankind? What would you do? Uh, we see mankind enslaved to money. We see mankind enslaved to the idea of their physicality. Um, understood, but how would we free ourselves? This is what I'd like to know. If I suddenly had millions of dollars out of nowhere, the very first thing I would do is buy a small piece of Canada, uh, build a warehouse-like device on it, and I would take people's gasoline cars, everyone has a gasoline car, and I would convert it to a, um, a machine that runs on water. And it's a very easy thing to do. You electrocute the water. Ironically, then the water turns into oxygen and hydrogen gas which happens to have an octane around 187. So you'd have to water that down, uh, air that up, uh, before you could run it through a standard uh, automobile engine. But that's no trick at all. And once you pop the water, once the explosion of the hydrogen oxygen occurs, uh, it turns right back into water. Now the Germans, and we love the Germans, put out a um, Mercedes that was a water car, except they didn't recollect the water so you had to keep filling it up, and everybody went, oh, yes, well, it's with water, that ought to be easy. No, you, you, the rest of the cycle. So the thing could screw right on where the carburetor was, and uh, like a gallon of water in it, and you could convert a car. I'd get somebody from MIT to design it, or whatever 
school to design it, then you just screw it on the car, there you are, boom. And uh, charge a reasonable amount, because we're still in the money paradigm. Otherwise, this is what I would do out of love for the world. Imagine this, do you do no more gas bills? None. The, I was in rush hour traffic the other day, and I thought, my God, every nanosecond that goes by, thousands of gallons of gas are being exploded to no purpose. Oh yeah, it moves the car, but I mean, gee whiz, come on. It would, because you've already got 90% of the thing, all you want to do is adapt it to a new fuel. So I would do this in, in Canada, because you're not going to do that in the United States. And um, anybody that <coughs> worked for me for more than a few years, you could convert a car a year, any of your friends and relatives, so that if I were the Queen of England or the King of England, the first thing I would do is convert every British car there is to being a water car, gratis from the crown. Yes? Well, come on, let's do something. You're sitting on a pile of gold. You're sitting on people with this infinite resource don't have any sense of being a part of humanity. We just don't. So if you suddenly had that infinite resource, what method by which, what would you do to create a more conscious world? The, the ending air pollution the way it is, ending the ozone thing, that's what the, the um, water cars would do. I read an article on this, some think tank had come up with the idea of a hydrogen car. And I thought, oh, finally. No, they want to take the hydrogen from corn. Good God, that's, yeah, I know. I would go there and smack that person right in the face because they are not paying any attention. Water is half hydrogen. This is not the biggest thing in the world. So somebody contribute this much and we will indeed create as many possible people that could have it. Because there's no reason to run the car the way it runs when it can be running on hydrogen. That would increase consciousness. Because no matter what, you're going to drive someplace. Just uh, this whole entire concept of um, what it is we're doing to the planet, this really has to cease. The, uh, if you drop a, a quart of oil, it will kill, in the, in the ocean, it will kill something, uh, I forget, a, a huge number of gallons of water will have no life in it as a direct result of the oil spilling in the ocean. The, um, if you go on YouTube and you look up uh, the history of the atomic explosions on our planet, and you'll be happy to know that America has set off more of them than any other country. And you'll be happy to know that there's a dead zone off Australia where there's nothing living in the ocean. And ironically, is that the word? And I've announced this on the show before. Um, that's where uh, we set off a whole lot of atomic bombs in the South Pacific. Yeah. This is not bright. This is not being run by people with any real consciousness. What would you do with infinite resource? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. This is um, time for us to uh, get to the point that we um, change everything. This, this is entirely possible for us to do. So, in, uh, let me just find... So one of the things you can do as an individual with absolutely no resource is uh, meditation. 
Mary's um, every day meditate twice a day. Mary's done a, any number of uh, meditation guidance tapes that are on uh, website on <sighs> meditation guidance. Uh, you mean uh, the meditation class? Meditation, meditation for a busy class, life. and you have a number of. Oh, tapes I have a that podcast that has meditations. Right, on that's you, what I'm talking about. Mean? Yeah, absolutely free. Just tune it in. Just do it. Or don't. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is we do resist meditation and we resist doing things that are good for us because we're taught that uh, things that taste bad are good and things yeah. that taste good are bad. And so we're always got these mixed signals, but we don't often do something for ourselves. I know that that at times gets to be the very last thing on my list. I'll take care of everyone else, but meditating is whatever. And there was a period of probably half a year or so, I was doing monthly meditation break phone calls, free conference calls. It was a half hour long where I gave a meditation technique and then we did a group meditation on something that, you know, anywhere from cleaning the oceans to uh, diffusing hostilities in war-torn areas. Uh, and then, then I led a guided meditation and it was amazing how it started out with a large group of people and people just kept not finding time for it. Well, of course And not. so we really, it just shows you, and this is my philosophy, you know, I, I understand the water car concept and, you know, I, I believe that that is a consciousness thing, but kind of where I come from is until you clear out the pee under the mattress, you're not going to get a good night's sleep. And you really have to start with yourself. The call's coming from inside the house. And, and it's a matter of what are the emotions that we haven't dealt with. It's scary to people to go and deal with all that. And so it's better to distract yourself and not meditate, not take good care of yourself, to do things that, that keep you unconscious, you know? Uh, but when it's safe Required to become conscious law. yourself, what we spread to others is just that, our discovery that it's okay to go past that guard on the bridge called our fears um, and walk, walk past that. And I think that's like one of the greatest things we can do for humanity yeah. and consciousness. Yeah. And we're interested in hearing what other people, I guess this is not well, a the, topic the that call, anybody particularly well, thinks of. Yeah. Yeah, like well, I think people our, think of it a lot. Yeah. And the number is 571-749-1166. And what if we didn't have to spread consciousness? What if we're okay, even if we sit on a log in the forest, mm -hmm. that we're, we have the same value if we do that all day, or we cure cancer in a lab somewhere? Well, the and irony I think this is idea that we have to be here for a purpose and that we have to produce something to in, in, get our value, you know, I, this is just another facet of it. Well, the idea is quite true. You are valuable, period. This is anything else would be some masked version of low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. No, it is okay to do nothing. It is perfectly okay to do yeah. nothing. I was just curious about the resource that our audience represents just to hear other people's opinions of what it is they might well, do. They'll call in if they call in? Yeah, we had uh, for years uh, said, what if tomorrow morning you woke up and there was no such thing as money? And then I realized that was too far from the way people think to make any sense necessarily, that you couldn't function in that. And so we said that 
before, or I said it on the show for maybe since 2000, since the show began, I've been periodically asking what would you do if there was no money. Mm -hmm. And the first broadcast of 2015, two people called in, both saying they would study metaphysics, which to me indicated a consciousness shift. I agree. Yeah, now this is, this is designed to be the next level up of the consciousness shift. If you had all the resources there were, and you do, you have all the resources that are, that's you. Consciousness is the resource. And I thought, well, okay, it makes sense to say if uh, you know, to the mind, if you had all the monetary resources, what would you do? And again, that's something that's not um, not currently well, in the purview. So you so. would do you would explore the technology of water cars um, as a practical solution to what's killing us here and now. Yeah. You know, you know what I would do. I think well, yet one more thing. I would. I would educate people and open up daycare Very centers good. that yeah. would let people see that children need love more than they need to learn their alphabet and all that. And that really, Very if you good. look further down the road at the youth feeling totally alienated and getting uh, uh, almost suckling off a, a, a video game instead yes. of human contact, because in the first years of your life is really when you learn that oxytocin gets re released in your body and you're capable of experiencing love and mm -hmm. bonding with people. And they found that the orphans from uh, Russia had come over and, and there was, you know, it was from a place of, of great poverty, so the orphans couldn't be taken care of and nurtured and held. And so when people adopted them, they found that they could not um, handle some of this, and of course, this was just some Who, of the them. Child or the, the child, the yeah. child, because there was it was almost like a, the the result was a being psychopathic or sociopathic is what they call it now. And what happened was that they found the syndrome that when children aren't held, loved, and nurtured, and if you go into a daycare center, there is like one or two people to t 18, 20 kids, and you cannot possibly even give any of them one hug a day. I would set up a program where people could go in and volunteer their time just to hold these children and, and maybe Brilliant. look at things. And it's not about taking women's rights away, but I think what we have succeeded in doing in our culture is uh, going from a 40-hour work week to an 80-hour work week yeah, for both clever. members of the household, yeah. and the children are just by themselves. Playing video games. And, it, and you can't and help we, it in most cases. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. Thank you for being patient. What's your name, please? Um, hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. This is Neha calling. Neha. Hi. Ah. Uh, and thought-provoking topic. Mm. Ah, provoked <laughs> thoughts. That's good. I have, um, I have one comment and then one question, and then I'll hang up so okay. I can listen to your uh, responses. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't have a specific thing that I would do, uh, given all the resources uh, in the world, but uh, generally I would like to change uh, or help redefine how we value, um, value items. So a new currency based on something other than money. Uh, for example, if you ask, um, if you make a statement that it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive, then the question is, well, what, what are you giving? You know, of course, it's in a way better to receive um, a car as a gift 
than to give a car as a gift, you know, because then you have a brand new car. But then, you know, we're talking about something else. We're not talking about material uh, objects being given and received. So what else can you give? What else can that is more blessed to give than to receive? And then you come across the idea of compassion and yes. love and sharing with others who need something more than than you do, so you give it. Uh, raising awareness of of what is that? What are the the non-material things we can exchange? And uh, the question was, um, how can individuals in meditation help contribute to a better world? Uh, in a, is there some sort of direct way, or is it just by improving themselves, they help to improve the world collectively? Oh. And I'll hang up to listen to your comments. Thank you. Well, thank you. And, and Neha, as usual, yeah. very brilliant, Neha. Yeah, thank you truly. so much. Yeah. And the idea of the, the meditation, I'll address that, and then I'll just let you take, take it from there. Okay. Um, like I, I mentioned a few shows back, the Maharishi effect, that when it's like 1% or 2% of the population get together and d take the power of that focus, you, they did that, and for... Uh, 30 days, they focused on lowering the crime rate, and it went down by 300% or some huge amount like that. It just went, you know, uh, like from, I, I forgot the numbers. I used to have that all memorized back a decade and a half yeah, ago. Yeah. But it really does work. It's been proven over and over again. So being in a state of meditation, and, you know, you had originally said calling the show The High Road, and I said, well, this topic probably... Uh, using that topic we could talk about a whole different assortment of things and that's really what meditation solving things through meditation does mm -hmm. is it takes the high road you go up here and you deal with it on an energetic level you're not down here fighting in, in you know in, in a, a punching match with somebody you can actually make big shifts so anyway yeah well Neha hit on the, what is to me the very core of our show in that Telepathy, 100% of human beings are telepathic. And uh, this is systematically being removed from us and also from kids. And then again, it's amplifying with the kids uh, because uh, you know, you're, you're constantly an arm's length away from your um, phone now. You never get any, any place where you're free from it, where you can just sort of relax and not have to be in touch with uh, what goes on here. And so uh, I noticed that when the phone company uh, started to tell us who was calling us, caller ID. You remember those golden days, caller ID? And I noticed that um, we had caller ID before the phone company thought of it because, uh, and I remember the expression, oh, I knew it was you, that's your ring because you could Okay, so this telepathy came through, uh, and now, um, well, is it after peeing with the kids? Are you no longer able to know? Uh, you can set a specific ringtone for whoever that is, uh, but don't you just know that? Can't you tell by the, doesn't that set you off? Well, this constant, uh, if you watch Big Bang Theory, Sheldon is uh, in favor of any system which uh, does away with inner human contact and is only okay when it's on the web. Actually talking to a person is upsetting to Sheldon, uh, although he can deal with the Skyping and he can deal with 
all the rest of this. So this is, well, is this or isn't this? Because uh, there is something that you could do with infinite resources is to set up um, telepathy classes. You yourself, uh, Mary, for many years taught uh, remote view. And we can do that on the show again, hold up an envelope with a picture in it. That was a lot of fun. Maybe we'll reinstate that. I found a file of photos I'd put aside for such a purpose. I but, had a bunch. That yeah, well, just to, yeah, the idea of, um, well, go ahead. What was, um, okay, so the idea of developing our resources like that is a very good one. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Barbara. Barbara, hey, how's it going? Pretty good, thank you. Uh, thank you for asking. I have some ideas Excellent. about what I do with unlimited resources. Ooh, exciting. What would you do? What would you do? Well, one idea is that I would buy all the football stadiums and baseball stadiums out, and I'd replace them, I'd replace the rafters, keep the, keep the buildings, and make solarium gardens. Oh, excellent. And with the concession stands, I'd make them public kitchens where anybody could go and, and cook dinner for everybody. Yeah. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah, now that is the sort of thing we're talking about. Humanity has to reinstate taking care of ourselves. You want The people that have so little, you want to take care of them. You don't want to shun them because then not only have they very little, they're shunned by the rest of the world. And each human being is an unbelievable gift and aspect of um, the, uh, ev the humanity as a whole is a symphony and each individual adds their personal <coughs> note to it. Anyone who doesn't, anyone who's shunned, who's not allowed to have their uh, that's a loss for all of us. Nobody thinks like this. Barbara, that's a very important concept all the way around. And um, yeah, the more of this to be sure. Barbara, are you still on? Uh, yeah, I have another idea. Oh, good. What's that? It's not about changing thought. It's about changing action. Very and, good. And um, I, I, would go, I, would, I would go before the American Medical Association and convince them of CureZone.com, you know, how good CureZone.com is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, that's and definitely educate, educate all the uh, allopathic doctors in homeopathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. This has become, uh, and I really do feel that, that they experiment freely with these new drugs. If you watch the ads for drugs on TV, uh, every one of them has this list of side effects that are far worse than whatever the drug is alleged to cure. And I, I really feel Robin Williams Especially the one that grows poisoning. eyelashes, that changes the color of your eye yeah. partially, and yeah. it may be permanent. Yeah, it's yeah, like, this is just not, and we're being experimented on. Robin Williams died of Zoloft poisoning. This is what's going it, on here. Nobody knows this stuff. It's time for us just not to accept this anymore. Not, you know, just whew, none of that. Prescription drug, oh, I don't know, basil tea, how's that? You know, to uh, cleanse your system. You know, the, uh, uh, the thousand things that are being designed into the body going wrong. And yet still, we can stand up and, um, 
Uh, I've spoken it many times, the, the Tibetan rites, the um, Tibetan yoga, um, will make you young. They're even called the Fountain of Youth. Go get a book on Tibetan <coughs> rites. Uh, contact and I'll send you a copy of the Tibetan rites. This is important that we all really get a hold of who we are, what it is we can do, because we're each of us a, a, a universe yet to be created. We're each of us this brilliant being that came here to experience love. And, and I have another idea. Uh-huh. And that would be that uh, I told you I'd, I'd take all the, the uh, sports stadiums and t turn them into gardens. So what would we do with the athletes? And I thought maybe the athletes could become teachers for the laymen and take the star status out of, out of, out of um, sports figures and and uh, have all the athletes teach the non-athletes their sports and maybe teach them yoga. Yeah, there's a, what we, most yeah. of we earthlings don't have. Uh, I've spent so many years taking people to other planets. There are planets that don't have uh, sports the way we have them here because the sports are a version of war. Does that make sense? Okay, so this, um, there are planets that don't have an entertainment industry the way we have it here. See, everybody on our planet is taught not to like your life. You're taught not to like it. Uh, but then so you discover movies, and then you can go into this place where um, uh, whoever the movie stars are lead this wonderful, interesting, exciting life. And for two hours while you're involved in their life, you are not involved in your life whatsoever. It's a form of, what is that, hypnosis? It's a form of, no, uh, if your life was so interesting that you wouldn't want to interrupt it with two hours to go see what somebody else who's revered as a god in our society, what they're doing that wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't because my life is more interesting. It is. Sure. I have another idea on, uh, that goes with that, and if I had unlimited resources, I think I would periodically schedule times to cut off the electronic grid, so that people could get back to uh, yeah. to what's really important. Yes, mm -hmm. and that would be interacting with other humans directly, the things Sheldon is phobic of. Yeah, no, that's actually that's a really good idea. Thank yeah, you. You, you write your ideas down, Barbara, because I think that would yeah. be a great novel, too. Yeah, and, and I mean, future sci-fi. I, I, I wrote down these ideas while I was in a psychiatric hospital last summer, and, and this is the first time I've been able to say it to anybody. Well, good for yeah, you. Very well done. That's wonderful. We have, another call. we have our next caller. Barbara, thank you for <laughs> yeah, calling. This Barbara, has been great. Yeah, Barbara, thank you. Continue and to write your stuff down, because you really are brilliant, and you have so many creative ideas yeah. in the world needs you. <laughs> yeah, and welcome to the world. Yes. And uh, we have our new caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? No caller? Oh, so sorry. Please call back. Uh, it's just the tech end of things here, uh, but this concept. So the um, idea of creating the better world, it, it's so this is the other thing, we are so sold out. If I was an Air Force captain and I saw an extraterrestrial ship 
And I would know that if I said this, I would no longer be an Air Force captain, okay? I'd say it anyhow because it's more important that the world know that we're not alone in the universe than that particular career because I could always continue doing something else. It would just be more important that the world know that we're not alone in the universe. It's a colossal ego. Not only aren't we alone, we are not really even anywhere close to the brightest. And I'm still talking within humanoid specs. We are not the brightest bunch of humanoids there are. We still kill each other. Jeez. And that's socially acceptable and we're doing, okay. So pardon me for a sec, this is the um, latest of what I'm painting. Uh, which is actually pastel, all that mixed media, but um, this is a realistic picture of the universe we live in. Really? Yes. Okay. So if you notice the red thread, okay, which goes up and down, much like an oscilloscope, and uh, what it is is no matter what, things are going to get better, and then things are going to get worse, and then things are going to get better, better, worse, better, worse, better, worse. Okay. And this is why the universe works. If there was not this vibration, if there was not this oscilloscope, if everything was perfectly at peace, it would cease to exist. We wouldn't have this. Now the reason this is such an important factor is there will be the day that comes that your highest high, oh, pardon me, your lowest low is still higher than your highest high was a while ago. We just keep moving up in the oscilloscope. I'm sure there's a mathematical formula to express that, which I don't happen to know off the top of my alleged head. But the, uh, this concept of um, becoming more aware, becoming more conscious, uh, it moves up. So just accept this. If we fight against it, and especially if we are going to take drugs to keep this from happening, I don't even want to go the rest of that route, but if you would just accept it, that it's your friend, then it's okay that you're up or you're down. Both are okay. If you see, you follow? Yes, I do. Oh, good. Did you? Okay. It's the way it works. Just enjoy it because I can guarantee you it's going to go back up. And if it's up, I can guarantee it's going to go down, except that... Well, one way I like to look at that, because that seems, you know, if you look at it from above, it's different than if you look at it from the side and everything. And there seems to be like a little bit of hopelessness to that idea. I'm just going to go, I'll be happy, and then I'm going to be down. Every great cloud has a silver lining, therefore every silver lining has a great cloud. And I think that that does get reflected in our religion that we yeah. have to pay for our happiness in the form of misery and some ha somehow, some nature. But if you look at it like this, these things that we see as ups and downs, and this yeah. is just my view, and, mm -hmm. and I'm allowed to have this view, sure, and, go ahead. and it's what not it? negating that at all, but uh, I've described it as a picture two feet walking, and 
this foot moves forward, but this foot digs in and it really holds firm. And so you say, okay, that's the foot holding us back. That's the foot moving forward. Then all of a sudden that seems to dig in. Oh my gosh, now we have a down on that foot too. And this is the good foot, it's moving forward. And if you pan back, you see motion, you see movement and movement forward. And that it's the classification of the, the, the negative and the positive that really gets us hung up on one or the other and, mm-hmm. it's, and it distills it out and we're not seeing the movement that it's creating in our life and also just getting back to and, and again this is just from my perspective sure. and it's something that I always feel like I like to orient myself to and that's the idea that you either live in a safe universe or you're safe within the universe. And it's really easy to think that we're safe within the universe, meaning that there are all these forces that are trying to get us, and it really does look that way. It looks like the pharmaceutical companies really care absolutely nothing about us, that they're just trying to get everybody addicted to some pharmaceutical so they can uh, be assured of money for the end of time and that pharmaceuticals and war are the highest income generators or uh, of anything in the world that that's what makes the most money war and pharmaceuticals and people will kill you for twelve dollars in your wallet certainly they're going to kill you for the millions of dollars that cancer patients bring bring to people and they're going to suppress things and yes all of that is true and i know we talked about that in in our conspiracy theory show Mm -hmm. and all that's true but I either get caught up in that roller coaster because there are so many things to pay attention to that my stomach is in a constant knot and I'm always looking to be safe, to buy that compound in Montana where I can just get away from all the humans and be safe and store up flour and all that. Or I could just live in a safe universe where even though all those things may or may not be happening, I'm still choosing to feel safe within it and see a larger picture of the movement of the feet. And I tell you, is it easy to find that? No, I struggle with that. I, I got to be honest with everybody. My, I have an active mind. I struggle with it, but I'm always walking toward that goal of where I know that somehow there's a movement forward in here no matter which foot I'm concentrating on and try not to concentrate on any individual foot because it just seems like a a bottomless pit because if it's the good foot that I'm focusing on, then I got a fear. It's just a matter of time. And if I focus on the bad foot, it's like, oh, well, at least maybe I have some hope, but I'll just stay here stuck in this position. So if you orient in your perspective above, in the opening of the third eye class, one of the things that I said, if you close one eye, you see in two dimensions. If you look through two eyes you see in three dimensions. If you look with three eyes you see in four dimensions. And so if you start viewing your life with your third eye as well, you're going to see beyond this illusion of one foot and the other foot and get into the motion of the two feet combined. And I know we are getting set up for our duck segment. Mm -hmm. And that is a lovely crystal. Yes, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we when we go to the mound, we are going to be doing a crystal oh, yeah. class, mm-hmm. crystal gl- gridding class. There's a whole lot packed into that for very reasonable. Yeah, announce the dates. Um, it's on the web, but it's the middle of May. I'm sorry, I don't know. 17th. It's like the 19th, 17th, or tw- I thought it was the 19th or something. 16th, I don't know. 17, 18, and 19, I think. Something like it's that. It's on the web. Yeah, yeah. So yes. telepathic we'll have fun. TV. 
TelepathicTV.com. TelepathicTV.com. Rick, our duck dangler, here's the duck in question. Okay, uh, step out of drama, journey into the silence of your center, let go of any attachments to outcomes. Your silence will transmute it all. Past life experiences are coming to the surface. Explore how this influences you now. Sounds good. That is good. Yeah, yeah you've had a lot of past lives where <laughs> you have assisted humanity, as we all have, you know what I mean? But and been killed for it. Yeah. What I have learned from those past lives, evidently I haven't learned it, but that's all right. I'll remember it, is that um, before you insult the king, make certain that your army is ready to actually stage the revolution. So I think I've spent most of this life carefully gathering the uh, army. So it's getting close. Let's just stop cooperating with what doesn't work. Hi, caller. <laughs> What's your name, please? Jennifer, what can we do for you? Hi, may I have a reading? Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure, thanks for calling, Jennifer. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. So I just felt, I heard the words big decision uh, around you, so I'm not sure what that, uh, if that's something you're going through now or will be going through it. Okay, the guilt card is, um, there's no such there's no real thing about guilt. It doesn't really exist. It's not anything tangible. All it is is the fog that keeps you from getting the lesson or seeing the wisdom in whatever happened. So guilt really doesn't exist in that way. It's just a fog. And so anything that you may be feeling like, oh, if I make this choice, um, whether it's a choice in schools or whatever, and that you may feel guilty about leaving someone behind or something like that. It just feels like there's some kind of a decision that may feel like that. what I just said. And this card, Ripeness, talks about it being just the right time. The piece of fruit fell off the tree, and it's so ripe that it fell off, and it hasn't even hit the ground yet. It's like that perfect moment. So it usually talks about acting now, acting fast, doing it now. But it also can reference... Um, school, you know, heal, heal, uh, teaching and learning and things like that. Now, the sorrow card does not mean sorrow. What it means is that we go through our dark night of the soul in order to remove the blinds that have been keeping that blue sky from our awareness. And I feel like you have, you're a person that can really feel things and you go in and you, and you decide to live a conscious life and that if you sometimes feel like you feel things deeper than other people, well, you do, and that's good. It's not a bad thing. And that what that's saying is you're really doing a lot of spiritual growth now, and those blinds are parting, and you're going to get a lot of awareness from that. Okay? And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Mary and Neville. This is Jane. Jane. Hi, Jane. All right. Hi. I... Uh, I've got a comment that if Mary could give me a reading, I'd appreciate that. Okay. And the comment is about the money you were talking about earlier. I just wanted to say that if I had unlimited money, I'd like to spend it on saving the elephants and all the yes. animals yeah. that are in danger or need. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah, that's got to be done. You, you know, you know, you're speaking to my heart right there. I just love elephants. I, yeah. would, I want an elephant, but I don't know where to put it. I don't even have room for myself. 
but I just want an elephant. Yes, and rescuing animals and just making people be more conscious that yeah, animals... Yeah, and could we stop eating them? Yes, yes. I love animals, uh, elephants, and yes, all of them. Well, now I'll hang up, and if I could have a reading, I'd okay. really love that, Mary. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And wonderful thing to do with, with unlimited resources. Absolutely. Okay, the, the first card is the morality card. And boy, do we get really a PhD level training in judging ourselves. <laughs> we all do it, you know, and I think we think to some extent it keeps us uh, aware of self so that we can always continue to grow, but we really don't have to do that with beating ourselves up and threatening ourselves. It's more of a matter of encouragement now instead, you know, pulling ourselves with love instead of pushing ourselves with fear. And this can be a card about you being hard on yourself and that that can, I think it takes a toll like you don't believe uh, over the course of our lifetime. It erodes us like sandpaper and it, and it really does. And this card is encouraging you to get away, like maybe go to Yogaville for a while or just go somewhere where you can be in some silence and just uh, work on becoming friends with that voice in all of our minds that tell us that we're not good enough or whatever. And that card does encourage us to meditate and to get into the experience of the now. And again, here we go, and, and it's with animals, I love it. Certainly there's nothing wrong with sheep, but that lion has thought, um, raised to be believe that he is a sheep. And it's really hard to wear that clothing of what other people expect of you all the time. And it's encouraging you to let that fall away and what you'll discover is you're really the king of the jungle. So I, I feel that there is a consciousness movement, there are spirit guides and te teachers, angels, whatever we want to call them all around you. It seems like a very pivotal time, it's almost like a sliding door is opening up and you just won't have the same funding to feel that way about yourself anymore. Yeah, no, excellent. And uh, hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, Mary and Neville. This is Dina. Hi, Dina. Dina, yes. Hello. What can we um, do for I, you? I'd like to have a reading, and I am um, needing some guidance in my working life. So if you, if you could sure. give me guidance, sure. that would be great. Thank you. And I'll you. take the answer off the air. Wonderful. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, the first card, letting go, I think, you know, if we were to take that literally, uh, it's like, okay, time to go, <laughs> but we're not going to take it literally only. The idea of the letting go is that drop of water creates its life using, like it wants to go to the ocean, it uses gravity and the forces of nature to carry it there. It doesn't get a slide rule out, it doesn't try to think it through and try to come up with an you know, like a way to do that in that way. It just let, decides that it wants to do it and it lets go. And so that's really what it's saying, is that there may have been old dreams, old agendas, or maybe even promises made to you that don't appear to be true now, and the only way to be happy now is to let go of those old ideas or expectations about what it's going to be. Or if you're going to hold on to that, maybe to use that to get into a place where you, you would rather um, do that. And this card conditioning, which we just pulled, so you heard somewhat of the explanation about the king of the jungle, I feel that you may be feeling like you're not really seen and appreciated for who you are. And it's almost like that happens in our life so that we don't 
use a middleman, put a middleman between us and knowing who we are. And so you don't have to get their buy-in to know who you are and just go in there with that energy of knowing that and like you don't really care if they know it or not. And it, it will open up like this whole other arena. Look at this, and you saw me shuffle the cards and everything, and mm -hmm. we got two of the same cards. And the experiencing, and I think that look at your experience. Look at what you have right there in your hand. I think you're really underestimating yourself. And it, it feels like you're being called into a completely new thing. I don't know if you've thought of doing something much more uh, energetic. Uh, that does feel like it's coming down the road, but it just get really on board with who you are. I think that's going to be the key here. And letting go of old ideas and attachments, which may take you to a new place. You know, given the scope that the show has, it's very interesting that the pair of cards came up twice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's um, signature, uh, theoric signature, of that being a very um, pivotal or a place of growth for humanity, mm -hmm. those who are becoming. Makes sense. Yes, yeah, so what if you had uh, to say a few more words on that, if you feel uh, like Of those two cards, uh, experiencing and uh, conditioning? Every, yeah. Well, now it makes sense. I mean, I understand. I think it. that what it is is we start, we view ourselves through the filter that gets projected onto us right. through what people approve of and disapprove of, uh -huh. and that it's better to get back into center and have an experience rather than an idea of who we are, but the experience mm -hmm. of who we are, what we really and feel. The conditioning, and so it's time for us to shed this uh, uh, kind of awe. Take shucks. your bras off. I mean, take your. Uh, your sheepskin off. Yeah. yeah. Oh which my God. Be, yeah, just the <laughs> diploma. <laughs> the guys are taking their bras off. That's got to hurt. Okay, the diploma is the sheepskin, so stop being, you yeah. know. Uh, I've thought of that. Yeah, a long time ago I said that the tattoo and the PhD are both long, expensive, painful processes, but when you have one, you think of yourself as better than someone who doesn't have it. Follow? So. Well, I technically have a PhD in metaphysics, and I, I can technically write that after my name, not metaphysics, but intuitive studies and yeah, creating yeah. a university. But I, I, it, it's, it, it's not something that I want to do. No, I don't. Because yeah, of what you said. Well, you know? not because of that. It's no, I'm, I'm saying that woke me up to an idea. Yeah, Mary Albright, PhD on her credit card. You know, that's the... That's, now, when you, when you Albright. yes, when you are your title, you stop being you, hmm. and that's a method by which we can distance ourselves. Yeah, and we are conditioned by our titles, absolutely, and it doesn't even have to be education because I do feel if you've worked for something, it's okay to put that by your name. That uh, is but, a correct answer too. But when we start identifying with that too much, and, and whether that's being a mother, or being others, a secretary, yeah. or being whatever. You know, don't identify. Yeah, the exclusion of others. Every place you stand is a temporary place, so don't yes. move in. Speaking of temporary places, we're going to be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays after the show. If you're out and about, would like to join us to make sure that we're real because we may not be real. There have been moments when I thought, no, I cannot be real. No, nobody would think like this. I thought that way when yeah. I was younger. I used to be so separate from my body. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll do a, a show where we tell some of those um, experiences that we've had and 
Uh -huh. And uh, I'm going to start the Psychic Development Series back up again in June. So if people are interested, and let me know, because um, uh, I'm also going to do an advanced class for, for people. Excellent. So go to the website. Go uh, find out about right the Serpent Mound Adventure. Write to us. Come along with us. This is going to be so much fun. And I um, don't know what else we're doing offhand. Joy and honor that. to take you to the door. And you're going through the door. Quit fooling around. Go through the door. Now, stop that. Just go. Just open it and go in. Yeah, come on. You'll, uh, once you're in, you'll wonder why you ever weren't in here earlier. Yep. This is what we've been showing on the show since the beginning. Thank you. 